Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from secret sovereigns to surly strangers. And today we're talking about Suni. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Excellent. I'm ready to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Indeed. I am as well. The so, fifth edition, William. <laughs> that's the only one we really... Well, that's not true. We talk about the We other talk about too. the other ones, but this anyway, is a fifth edition it, podcast. Welcome. It definitely is. Welcome to the Year of the Beholder, everyone. Indeed. Today is not a Beholder episode, but we no, will be not. building it at the back of the episode. It's true. Uh, we're building a Beholder. So stay tuned to the end Very if you want to check that out. Very curious about what I beam we're going to come up with today. But let's yes. get into it. So we've talked about a lot of deities and demigods on the show. Um, gods of war, destruction, justice, dragons, and magic. But today, today we were taking a look at a deity with a much less talked about domain and sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Today we were covering Suni, goddess of love. Ooh, the goddess of love. Is this our Valentine's Day episode? This is our Valentine's Day episode, hey, yes. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, yeah. whether you got one well, I mean, or not. It's not actually on Valentine's Day. I think this comes out on the 2nd of February, but close enough. This is the close enough to Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> indeed, welcome, indeed it welcome. is. Uh, also known as Lady Firehair, the Lady of Love, the Princess of Passion, Suni is also the goddess of beauty, passions, and delights of the senses. Ooh, okay. Both benevolent and whimsical, Suni is a chaotic good deity and a greater deity at that. Make no mistake, though she may seem frivolous, soft, and superficial, she is a major power to be reckoned with and a true and valuable force for good in the world of D&D. A great metaphor for love. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Debatably, she is actually more than a singular goddess. It is said that Hanalee Selenil, the elven goddess of love and beauty, may be but an aspect of Sune Firehair. Ooh, okay. But this is debatable. Yeah, because the elves won't accept a non-elf looking. <laughs> right. So more on that later, though. Um, It's time to kick off this February with a perfect addition to your Valentine's Day-inspired one-shot game, so let's get into it. All right. (laughs) Suni Firehair is said to be the fairest of all the powers in all the cosmos. When she's represented in art and song, she's depicted as the most beautiful woman in the realms, with sweeping radiant red hair and incredible charms. 
As for her actual appearance, Suni appears rarely to mortals. When she is seen, though, it is as a human female of unearthly beauty, clad only in a diaphanous silken gown and her impossibly long sweeping red hair, which often assumes the appearance of flames. While she always has red hair, her appearance changes as her whim dictates. Perhaps her appearance is always what the beholder deems to be the most beautiful display possible. Whether her skin is golden, mahogany, darkest amber, or ivory, and her eyes the color of honey, the sky, deep forest green, or chestnut, you will know that before you stand, Suni, beauty incarnate. Wow, a, a really pretty fire genasi. Yeah, yeah. Just come the sure. hair. Yeah, the hair, yeah. Alternating between deep passions and shallow flirtations, Suni has been romantically linked with many of the Faerunian powers in the myths and the, of the realms. The Lady of Love enjoys attention and sincere flattery and avoids anyone who is horrific or boorish. Okay. Uh, like, just because uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, like you already said, uh, horrific? Like, I think horrific, it tend- okay, so number one, D&D kind of has a problem where, like, ugly tends to get equated with evil. Yes. Which is, which is no bueno. I'm not into that. No, that's and not think, very fair, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not very fair. But I think when it comes to Sunni, it's it's more about, like, are you a horrific person? Okay, yeah, because so she's she's staring into the windows of your soul exactly. to see it yes, and to so. judge you. <laughs> Benign in nature, she's not one to hold grudges and always forgives minor transgressions, and she delights in rewarding her followers with the joy of unexpected love and affection. Mm-hmm. Lady Fire, Lady Firehair truly loves her followers, who in turn manifest and protect beauty in the world. Okay, cool. It's yeah. not about what you look like. It's about what your soul yeah. looks like. Although, like, her, her um, clergy do tend to be beautiful people. So there is that. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a little bit of a double standard. It's, yeah, going a little on. bit of a double standard. Okay, going on. she's mostly a dope person, but no one's perfect. <laughs> she, she's she's just a corporate douchebag, just like all the rest of them. It's like we're trying to sell a brand. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, she's the goddess of beauty in all its forms, not just pleasing sights, but also enchanting sounds, luxurious tastes and scents, and the exquisite pleasures of the flesh, from a lover's caress to the brush of silk on the skin. And furthermore, beauty is not skin deep in the eyes of Sunni and her followers. It issues from the core of one's being and shows one's true face to the world, whether fair or foul. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. It should also be noted that Sunni is the goddess of all forms of love and not just romantic love. In some ways, she is a kindness and compassion deity as well, both encouraging her followers to act with love in their hearts on a daily basis and living by this tenet herself. I'm the goddess of scout units. <laughs> Help that old lady across the street. Get exactly. That, get that badge. Uh-huh. All right. She has been noted to selflessly rescue others and thwart evil on many occasions, which has garnered her both many allies and many enemies. Okay, but it sounds like those are the people you have the allies and enemies you want. Exactly. Yes, you know? absolutely. Okay. Aside from those who despise love and beauty as a manifestation of weakness, the Church of Sunni is widely loved throughout Faerun and has many adherents to its teachings. The Sunnite faith is a particularly popular one in large metropolitan areas and among the aristocracy. Those of a literary or artistic bend, as well as people falling in love or looking for life mates, also often venerate Lady Firehair. Okay, so there are many poems written from mm-hmm. bards across yeah. the land. She's about definitely Lady a goddess Fire. of bards and artists and stuff. Goddess, yeah. goddess of bards. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, as most Sunnites are seen as flighty, vain, and superficial, but also basically harmless, the Church of Sunni has less influence than its prominence might otherwise suggest. So it's interesting. Like she is a very powerful goddess in her mm-hmm. and, a, and a power in her own right, and her clergy is very uh, prolific. But because of its reputation, it's not as doesn't have as much like standing or respect necessarily. Not that it's disrespect. It's just like 
Love is, love is fickle and love is fleeting, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, and that's how the followers be. Exactly. They're, They're not like showing that. up to fucking game night. They're <laughs> the reason you're rescheduling. Exactly. Get them out of here. Damn, Sue Knights. You're so beautiful, Sue Knights, but you won't fucking show up to role play. Please. <laughs> Please. Um, the followers of Suni have the negative reputation of being hedonistic and decadent, and so they are to a degree. But her worshippers seek out these pleasures in life not out of mere decadence, but because the experience of pleasure is to touch is the touch of Sunni herself, and is thus considered a divine experience. Yikes! That's a it's a slippery slope, but like <laughs> sounds like I it. understand the concept, but it seems like a way too slippery slope. Yeah. Um, more than that, her priests are compelled to foster beauty in the world, and they do so by creating art, by acting as patrons for promising talents, and by investing into merchants who bring luxuries from far off places that have never seen satin or tasted a luscious wine. The idea here is that they are privileged. They are a privileged and indulgent bunch, but they are not selfish or self-serving. They want to make the world a better, kinder, more comfortable, and beautiful place for everyone they meet. Okay. So, so uh, lots of pillows, lots of pillows, soft lots of places silk, to rest, lots of fine foods and cheeses, and che- cheeses, grapes, <laughs> grapes, procured meats, nice mahogany, mahogany, <laughs> a cedar block for scent. I'm with it. Yeah, no, it's flower cool. petals. I, I picture them as gardeners. Yeah, potpourri. A lot of gardening going on. Sure, yeah, absolutely. The experience has to start the moment you walk through the threshold of like whatever property line you're yeah. about to go on. Yeah, so sure. if you're going to a church of Sunni, you're gonna get hit with that jasmine, that mm-hmm. that scent. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be burning incense. They're gonna have candles going True. with True. essential oils. But like also like uh, a group of Sunnite like clergy or priests or paladins or whatever might venture out to a provincial town that's maybe like down on select and doesn't have a great economy with the goal of like let's beautify this place and how do we do that well we need to create you know get rid of corruption we need to uh create better like uh what's what's like projects for the city we need to bring in more economy and stuff so it's like on one hand like maybe their motives are seem kind of shallow but like their methods are actually really great so <laughs> i like uh i like how this subtext there's there's a few there's a few read between the lines things going on here. Yeah. But one thing that was up front that I like was we are not down for evil. So if you want a cleric, a Sunite cleric, that Warhammer is probably being e- swung in the name of love. Yeah, exactly. And even are... even then I would imagine a lot of Sunite cler- clerics are the pacifist type. Okay, yeah. So, so when when like so a, no weapon. When a drider rolls up on you, it's okay. Oh, so no like all stick buffs, to the spell. All, all buffs, all support. I was gonna all, say it's yeah, probably still cool, like, cool to slay evil, but it, it's not so much that it, it's like cool it's cool to watch others slay evil <laughs> while you help them with your like, words and magic. Sometimes you have to, and that's you know they understand that, but like they're not out there trying to go smite. But there is an order of paladins which we'll get into later. <laughs> I see uh, here on your record an act of violence. Well, that dragon was going to kill me and yeah. eat me. Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. I stabbed it. So as as worshippers <laughs> of the goddess of love. The followers of Sunni are believers in romance, true love winning overall, and following one's heart to one's true destination. Mm-hmm. Faded matches, impossible loves, and ugly ducklings becoming swans are all in the purview of Sunni. Her priests consider loveliness to be one of their greatest callings, and all are trained in uh, comportment, fashion, and cosmetics. <laughs> Indeed, so talented are Sunni's priests in the creation of beautiful appearances that many take pride in their ability to present themselves as stunningly attractive uh, as possible. This is cool. This is like a um, advantage on disguise kit and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doing makeup. Yeah, hell yeah. It'd be cool to be like a a, 
a cleric of Sunni that went more with like a trickery type domain where it's like you were using your beauty and your stuff to infiltrate uh, corrupt like politi- political entities. And right, like, yeah. And like undo that. Or like, survive the Hunger Games. Or that, yeah, sure. PETA. PETA comes yeah. up a lot these days. I don't know why. <laughs> when did this happen? He can use his cake skills to yeah, hide absolutely. himself in the mud it's or true. whatever and live. PETA was a Sunite. I'm just here living. Peta Peta's like a bakery Sunite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I make delicious cakes and disguise myself for survival. Exactly. It's art. It's art, it's beauty, it's love. Sunni's dogma is thus. Number one, beauty is more than skin deep. Number two, believe in romance as true love will win overall. Number three, follow your heart to your true destination. Number four, love none more more than yourself except for Sunni and love yourself in and lose yourself in love of Lady Firehair. Number five, perform a loving act each day and seek to awaken love in others. Respond to love at least once a day. Whoa. <laughs> Six, <laughs> encourage beauty wherever you find it. Seven, acquire beautiful items of all sorts and encourage, sponsor, and protect those who create them. And finally, keep yourself as comely as possible and attractively displayed as situations warrant. Man, I know uh, these these are cool, but what about the sex? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. That's part. Like, it's alluded to. That's part of it. But that's not, like, that's that's not the end goal. When I was talking about undertones earlier, I was like, I'll save that one for right before the short rest. Let's go to short rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga. A future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast home brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back to... We're back. In We're back to love. Temple of love that is the dungeon cast. Some old short rest energy all through this episode. <laughs> that is so true. We love you guys. Um, if you love us, tell us because we're not shy. Yeah. We love we love to hear about your love. We love to hear about your love, especially on this episode. Yes. Um, if you comment, the episode of love. If you comment uh, that you love us below, we're, we'll respond we, with an "I love you too." We, we'll no, there's a that nice love icon that you can click on every comment. I'm going. We'll we'll, we'll hit the heart. I will write the. I, I will okay, write that fine. I love you. All right, that's fine. All right, as one would expect, soon nights are rife with celebrations and holidays. With Greengrass and Midsummer Night serving as the two most prominent Sioux Night Holy Days, celebrated with a great deal of outdoor frolicking with night-long flirtatious chases through forests and parks. Hell yeah. <laughs> Individual That's temples. That's shit I'm about. Indiv- Fucking role play it right now, baby. <laughs> Individual temples celebrate numerous local holidays as well. At least once a month, the Church of Sunni holds a grand revel, a large party with dancing, poetry, recitation, and heart-rendingly beautiful or soulfully rousing music to which outsiders are invited with the intent to attract converts. And I'm sure it works really well. Yeah. It's like you want this all the time, don't yeah, you? Touching. I can see Isn't it in this your awesome? eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Another temple-specific celebration held by Sunnite clergy is called A Feast of Love. Mm. It is a more intimate, quiet affair, open only to the faithful, who lie on couches and indulge in liqueurs, appetizers, and sweet pastries with lone dancers while lone dancers perform. Wow. These dances are interspersed with readings of romantic verse, prose, and songs of love sung by skilled minstrels. Such rituals tend to break up into private gatherings, though bards are always on hand to relate tales of courtly love or mis- mysteries of Faerun for those who do not like socializing more privately. I did buy the D&D cookbook, and it's based on a hero's feast. I did not see the Feast of Love in there yet. I'm still reading oh, it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds like, uh, it would be it sounds there, like the Heroes, it should the be in there. heroes Feast adjacent. It does. It really feast, does. Feast of Love, specifically for things involving love. Indeed. So you're not eating a lot of carbs. You're not eating a lot I mean, of, like... they did list a lot of carbs. And it makes they? me wonder how they stay so beautiful. Oh, wait. Because yeah, there's a lot right. of carbs. There's a lot of carbs. Well, well they're doing a lot of cardio. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> Sunnis clerics pray in the morning after a refreshing scented bath and do so by standing in a pool or bath and looking into a mirror lit only by natural light or candles. Sunnis sends guidance to them by visions visible in the mirror, often by alternating or altering the reflection of the worshiper in some way. Oh, okay. Interesting. The Sunnite church's organization is both loose and informal, and its leadership changes regularly with the whims of its clergy. The most attractive and charismatic Sunnite clergy are usually the high clerics. Little is thought of a cleric dropping everything and going bounding off to the wilds, though, particularly if the goal is some beautiful object or some beautiful individual. And such behavior creates little scandal in the church, but also many power vacuums. Yeah, literally. Follow <laughs> which they gen, which they didn't then fill. Follow your heart. Yeah, and exactly. Then, like someone else is going to follow their heart because yeah. they've been wanting that job. Exactly. And they put that thing out in the forest for you to go find. <laughs> it's and now true. it's their time oh to shine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the politics of the Sunite temples. Um, it's really easy, but also complicated. Yeah, so we say. All right. Sunite temples are either stunningly beautiful edifices of fantastic design or classically elegant structures strategically enhanced by sculptured landscaping, constructed with numerous picturesque paths and prom- promenades and surprising and enchanting nooks in which to share moments of love, beauty, and passion. Excellent. Temples dedicated to Sunni are most common in human lands, and they frequently serve as public baths or places of relaxation. So they also have like a uh, pragmatic use to the community. Okay. A temple usually features a mirrored and well-lit salon where folks can spruce themselves up as well as see others and be seen. Where a temple doesn't exist or in a large city where the nearest temple might be too far to walk to, a small shrine to Sunni often stands near a street corner. These sites consist of a mirror hung beneath a small roof where one can say a prayer while checking one's appearance. The spot might feature a shelf or cupboard holding various perfumes and cosmetics so that those without the funds to purchase such items can still make themselves feel beautiful. That's cool. This is like the anti-demon lord god. It's super the anti-demon. That's exactly what I was thinking this whole time. Like This is like the opposite of every demon lord I've ever heard of. Love. Smells good. Yeah, smells good. Smells so good. Smells good. It's basically all Wants you, you to smell good. Wants you to smell good. Wants everything to smell good. <laughs> that is the opposite of a demon lord. Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. They make D&D smell bad. Something's yeah. got to tip the scale back. It's true. And that's what Sunni's here for. <laughs> so we've talked about the church's dogma and practices, but not much about their place in the adventuring and dungeoneering side of the world of D&D. Sunni has orders of clerics and paladins on the more adventuring side of things as well. First and foremost among those is the order known as the Heart Warders. Okay. So Heart Warders are specialty priests devoted to the goddess Sunni. Heartwarders follow the teachings of Lady Firehair by encouraging love and enjoyment in all things in life. They are considered the high priests of Sunni. Heartwarders often serve wealthy patrons in the great cities found throughout the realms. They, in turn, are aided in their efforts to help bring uh, together men and women seeking love and intimacy, as well as to bring uh, pure pleasure through art, music, and other enjoyable pursuits. These are the little cupids. Are they wearing diapers and shooting bow and arrows as well? No. No, okay. they aren't. Wearing Hermes sandals. They, they're they usually wearing like kind of dope robes or even like a little bit of chain armor because they, they go out and fight too. I can I just can't not picture them as sort of cherubic, you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I don't blame cheeks. you. I do not blame you, little not ba- one bit. Little baby face heart warmers. Oh, gosh. They often work as matchmakers, etiquette instructors, artists, or teachers in a myriad of creative disciplines such as visual arts, dance, performance art, vocal and instrumental music, personal beautification, and social etiquette. They are also the most likely to work as active adventurers seeking beauty and art lost in the world and bringing it back to be shared with all. Also most likely to be part of like an essential oil pyramid scheme is what it sounds like to me. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, though pacifists at heart, sometimes heart warders are forced to take a less peaceful route and directly oppose all forms of cruelty, cruelty and tyranny. Although heart warders do not relish battle, they can accept that sometimes the passion associated with beauty and joy cannot be preserved by any other means. When combat arises, they typically choose to shield others from harm rather than go on the offensive. Because of Sunni's love of joy and distaste for violence, many of the abilities learned and used by heart warders avoid any form of direct harm and instead focus on charming opponents or healing allies. In some cases, this can lead to their opponents feeling remorse and subsequent reluctance in engaging them in battle, and a violent encounter can be stopped even as it, even before it's begun, which seems rare depending on who you're fighting, but maybe maybe that works. Uh, yeah, so this particular paragraph of your notes spoke to me as you were oh, yeah? reading it. Yeah. Let me hit you with this. Okay. Uh, Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, is a heart warder? Like, 
the beauty like he's like yes he's like beauty sculpting himself oh yeah absolutely yes 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 absolutely excellent very much so yeah armstrong is a heart warder for sure (laughs) um heart warders have a few abilities unique to their holy order they can magically inspire confidence in their friends and allies granting them boost to their innate charisma and magnetism um through divine grace heart warders tears can be magically changed into the waters of evergold Evergold is a sacred crystal fountain in its surrounding pool found in the middle of the crystal palace of the elven goddess of beauty, Hanalei Selenel, within the realm of Arvander on Arborea, evidence that Sunni and her are one and the same. Holy sh... What the fuck? (laughs) That was a lot of data. Yeah, it was a lot of data to drop right there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the tears can be turned into waters of Evergold, water that is holy to Sunnites. This solution is deadly to opponents that suffer from a vulnerability to holy water, with more experience, heart warders can use also use their tears to make a love potion valued highly by the faithful. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a weird power, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a big flex, yeah. though. Some heart warders can charge their kiss with rapturous power, Whoa. bringing sensations of complete pleasure to any they bestow it upon. Oh, my God. The kiss blesses those it touches, granting them increased resistance against magical effects for a short duration. A heart warder's kiss is so potent that it can even confuse and daze the recipient. Jeez, man, we're really earning that explicit tag on this one, aren't we? It's just a kiss, bro. I've been playing, a, yeah, sure. I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild, and <laughs> this sounds like great fairy. Uh, oh great fairy yeah, stuff it super does. Absolutely. I, the, I'm mostly picturing the big sloppy kiss. She, she's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all my clothes are all wet. The church also has a small affiliated knightly order of fighters, paladins, and bards who served uh, as tent guard. Serve to guard temples and holy sites along with the clergy, and who sometimes pursue quests or do good works in Sunni's name to promote her faith. This knightly order is called the Sisters and Brothers of the Ruby Rose. Oh, cool. To become one of the Sisters and Brothers of the Ruby Rose, a candidate must stand vigil in a church of Sunni for an entire night. If the Lady Firehair appears to the candidate in a vision during the night or somehow shows her favor, the candidate is admitted into the order. Members in this order are given to writing essays and songs of courtly love when not engaged in a vital business and often adopt a beautiful individual to adore from afar, whether that individual would be flattered by such intentions or not. So a little creepy, but I guess it is supposed to reflect a Guinevere Lancelot thing. Just okay, yeah. Without the betrayal, cheating, and tragedy. Bit. Sure, but that yeah. that would be nice. But like the, the admiring from afar, that courtly love, I think it's supposed to represent that. This is kind of funny also. It's like, yeah. go stand out there and like, if you see her, let us know. And yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, I stood out here all if, fucking if you night. See like, like really feel those feelings ring, ring this little bell yeah that and then yeah. we'll let you in and you can do these essays <laughs> dog because we, we the power vacuum real go mm. out there and have a vision for us tonight okay please. we really need somebody to secretary up please do <laughs> <laughs> so where does suni live this is an excellent question i do not know the answer to what not like the celestial plane or whatever <sighs> so she has been all over the place and the forgotten realms chronology is not fun to navigate when you have uh, when you haven't read any of the novels. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is probably something yeah. that does exist in yeah. like the novel verse. And then on top, let us know in the comments below. <laughs> right. And top of that, uh, the Forgotten Realms wiki itself is written in constant past tense, which I understand why, because it's the constantly changing chronology. So yeah. like, everything has to be in past tense. Right. And all of the five e source books try and ignore that fourth edition never ha- even happened, whenever <laughs> possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone in the audience does know, but all I can do is tell you where she has reportedly lived before and after the spell plague. Uh, but where she is now, I'm not exactly sure. So okay, yeah. I mean that's fair enough. We, yeah. We're gonna hit you with some locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you can keep or discard. Yeah. So originally, Suni dwelled in the celestial plane of Brightwater, 
located in Arvander, one of the three layers of the chaotic good upper plane of Arborea. Briarwater was a fully urban realm in which recklessness, luck, and impulsiveness rule the day. Mm. This is notable considering that the rest of Arvander is considered a place of endless forests and wild, open wild spaces. So it's like this weird kind of beautiful city in the middle of all this wildness. Yeah. Yeah. Still, Brightwater had all the natural beauty of Arvander, albeit less wild and more gentrified, with stately mansions, summer homes, winter retreats, beach cabins, cottages in the woods, and happy houses, uh, great and small. However, this plane was not well known for its quiet solitude, but rather for rollicking adventure, industrious business dealings, thematic parties, thrilling romance, games of chance, roving bands of revelers, and joyous celebration. So yeah. this is like... I, like like Vegas, but not. I'm not sure. I pictured uh, like Rolling Hills, kind of like in sure. one of the. You, you described basically SoCal, where everything, mm-hmm. all these places are an hour away or whatever. But I, I pictured like Rolling Hills, and you're walking with your lover mm-hmm. or what have you, since this is the theme we're going yeah, with. Sure. And uh, you know, on tops on the tops of these hills are you know estates and such right. where they're throwing parties and you can kind of hear like the echoes oh, of I like people that. I like this yeah imagery. yeah absolutely so you could be walking down like a cobbled street and like, kind of hear you know the raucousness of this place or like see couples here and there like strewn throughout or mm-hmm. like people drinking out in the street maybe or mm-hmm. things like that yeah i like that so besides suni uh Joaquin, goddess of wealth sheris the demi goddess of hedonism timora the goddess of luck and Lyra, goddess of joy, also dwelled in Brightwater. So did Hanalil Selenil. God, I tongue twister. But as we have established, they are probably the same person. So, right. No shit, she lived there. Uh, <laughs> only Devas, Planetars, Solars, and other angels that served the goddesses were native to Brightwater, and the rest of the inhabitants were either petitioners or visitors looking for a good time. Petitioners, celebrants, gamblers, lovers, and tycoons were allowed to travel freely here, but had to exercise caution on this plane because too much revelry could have possibly fatal consequences here. Mm. When a wandering band of merrymakers come close enough to a visitor, their enthusiasm uh, can be so intoxicating uh, that mortals find it hard to resist joining the party themselves. And then all of a sudden they're just doing too many drugs. If they were to succumb to these, they would be swept away in the throng and have the time of their lives refusing to leave voluntarily, but the food and drink in any of the outer planes doesn't really give sustenance, and uh, they would eventually collapse from malnutrition and die. Oh, dang. So they're yeah. just, like, eating for yeah. the flavor, yeah. like the pleasure of eating? But yeah. You don't get full? Is that the sort of thing that happens? You're getting nothing. It's well, you're spiritual e- food. You're eating the spirit, so your spirit feels good. Your spirit feels great. It's like, but you have a body. If you're there, if you're immortal, if you're not dead, right? You know, so like this sounds like when I binge eat Oreos, except <laughs> I don't have the caloric deficit. <laughs> yeah, you know? kinda. I suppose so. It's it's more related than it should be. Okay. Okay. So I've been talking about uh, th- all this in past tense because in 4E, the spell plague happened, and Brightwater was said to have been destroyed. So oh, only the spell plague. I see. Yeah. So only a small portion of Brightwater survived the spell plague, and Saloon, goddess of the moon, uh, invited Suni and her exarchs to join her uh, in the gates of the moon, a lair in the chaotic good, chaotic neutral plane of Isgar. This version of Brightwater is a singular romantic city. Now, I don't know if this is still the setup for Suni, because 5e did a lot of work to reset the realms to pre-4e stuff, so like... We pretend like the spell play kind of didn't happen. Right, okay. I couldn't find any fiber sources clarifying on the subject of Sunni. There just really hasn't been anything written. Or if there was, I missed it. I couldn't find it. 
So okay. I'm not just maybe someone knows. I'm sure someone can tell us. Do you so. think a uh, saloon goddess of the moon always like <laughs> introduces herself like, with a full saloon, title? Goddess of the moon. I'm saloon, well, saloon's another moon. goddess who's like five goddesses. Like she's saloon, but she's also a Sahanin moonbow. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, she's like two people. I remember so. that. That was uh, some elf shit, right? Yeah, What's elf- up with the elf lore? All being like, no, we have special names for our gods. But they're the same fucking it's gods. It's because they were originally, like, when they were made, like, everyone had their own pantheon. Right. But then that's right. people thought, well, that's kind of weird. What if, like, we just, like, fuse all these gods? I worship who I want. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it so, became a god of all peoples. Um, not in 5e, but uh, in 2nd and 3rd edition, Suni has been statted out. And it's, of course, it's ridiculous. She's a greater goddess. Yeah, okay. So she has been statted out as a level 20 sorcerer, level 10 bard, level 10 cleric, on top of already being an inherently powerful. Celestial outsiders, outsider. So, like, as a celestial outsider, her base stats are like a challenge rating twenty something creature, right. and then she has all these class levels on top of it. Yeah, and just not even to mention like those three different types of magic that are really pulling. You know, yeah, that spell list has got to be intense. Yeah, that's like raw arcana, the weave, the we, yeah, the uh, music, Radiance. and also divine. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking at eight hundred HP, eighty four, eighty four AC. Let me call it with my 10 levels of bard. Yeah. I will call upon the echoes of creation. <laughs> Plus 70 to hit with range spells. Fuck. Ability scores of a strength of 24. So she buff. Uh, Dexterity 28, Constitution 25, Intelligence 24, Wisdom of 35, and Charisma of 50. Yeah, man. She is 50 Charisma. Yeah, I mean, like Sorcerer Bard, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to... She's got <laughs> so many spell slots. I didn't count them all. I wrote a million. It's not actually a million, but so many spell slots. And a host of inherent magical abilities. I would love to fight her one day. Uh, hopefully they come up with some 5e stats. That'd be fun. Uh, like, why stat these things? Like, a player, why why make anybody deal with a plus 70 to hit, right? It's well, because you got to Jaeger you you these things. It's you got to get inside these gods Jaeger. and drive them like cars and kill bad guys. I will say, you got to remember that the, the plus 70 hit, this is for previous editions where... That's for third edition, I think, specifically. So the numbers are bigger there. Yeah, okay. I think the numbers, by the time you get to level 20, like, the numbers are, like, three times as big as what they would be in 5e. Well, let's let's get, let's get cut it in half. Let's call it 35 for 5e. What are we doing? Well, I would, go as, I would go as far as to say cut it into a third. And it's still, what, like, that's a plus 26 or something? Plus 24? Yeah. You, plus you ro- you roll in 23. You roll a 5, it's, like, no yeah, contest. Exactly. Well, that's the way it should be. I mean, but still. But if you look at that, like, okay, like, so her AC is 84 and her hit is plus 70. So she's fighting another god that's in that same realm. Like, she would have to roll a 14 to hit herself. Oh, yeah. And I mean, when you're scaling it like that, that makes sense. Right. Exactly. So So. any questions about Suni? Um, No, uh, no. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, Suni's great. They like, really, I had a lot of fun with this. They really, I don't know if this is you uh-huh. going out of your way or if it's just kind of the way this character is written. But uh-huh. They really go out of their way to like not directly mention sexual yes, stuff. Because she's not the goddess of sex. No, she's but that's the goddess of definitely love. involved sex, in this. Sure, absolutely. But there's like the goddess of hedonism. That's where you go if you want, like, a whole episode about sex, which I'm not going to do. We're not no, doing yeah. that. So, that, okay, that's <laughs> what I wanted to talk about at the end yeah. of the episode here is, like, when you sit down with this at your table, mm-hmm. it's not the goddess of hedonism. It's the, mm-hmm. goddess, the goddess of love. But, yeah. like, that kind of stuff's going to be involved. So this is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of um, – I mean, we're in, like, a, a male-dominated hobby, I feel like, right? Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it should be different. Like, Not that the hobby is unfortunate, just that it's... No, 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 yeah. I'm just talking about the stigma that surrounds this yeah, game. absolutely, like, yes, so yes, yes. A lot of players are going to have trouble with this, I feel like, mm. just based mm-hmm. off of... Mm-hmm. Do we have any tips for, um, like, let's say you're at a table with... I guess I should say, know your players. Sure, And yes. this isn't for everybody's table, clearly. I mean, maybe or maybe not. Like, I... I just I find it so odd that that we have to have this conversation. She's a goddess of love. Love I know, should be something yeah. that we should just be able to talk about, and it's okay. Like, yeah, yeah it shouldn't make anyone uncomfortable or be weird. And Suni is awesome, and I would love to be a clear Suni. I think if you're going to use this, you need to approach it with that sort of confidence. It definitely. Yeah, there like, we go. Yeah. Do, do it and own it, and yeah. like do let, it, let own your, it, love it. If you need to have a conversation with your players beforehand, hey, I'm going to do this, you know. Make sure everybody is comfortable with that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I suppose so. Sure. Like, probably don't flirt with your party members. If, See, you know, that's yeah, where exactly. where are we... Yeah. Yeah, you want to I would imagine that a, Su- a Sunni priest or priestess um, is totally about consent in every way, shape, and form. And oh, not, sure. I'm not yeah. interested in flirting with anyone who doesn't want their attention. I would hope so. Yes. Um, th- so, th- that's the thing. is like, one of the more difficult parts of Dungeons & Dragons with your friends mm-hmm. is, like, role-playing romance. And, yes. like... How to do that appropriately. And, the only uh, way, the way that I handle romance in D&D is literally the player needs to be like, hey, I want this character to experience a romance. Yeah, okay. And so, like, maybe there, maybe we should introduce them to this kind of character or this kind of character or, you know, surprise me. But, like, you know, it's a conversation you got to have. And so it's got to be pre-planned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To a certain extent. I really like the way Patrick Rothfuss kind of handles the romance in Name of the Wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems good. It's not too, it's not, it's really um, sincere. Yes. And it's really well thought out, especially with so. like a lot of the wordplay between the romantic characters and stuff yes. like that. But even the side characters that are not Kavoth or whoever mm-hmm. have really good romantic relationships, especially in, the, in the second book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm part honest. of that is just because Kvothe himself is such a lover. Like he right. loves love. That's part Kvothe of it. Kvothe is like right? a Sunni priest, basically. Yeah, yes. like he's got yeah. a lot of that inside of yeah. him. And, so and he wants everything to be beautiful and perfect. And so that's how he, yeah, that's and how he like describes su- everything. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the visuals. And, and that's a good way to bring beauty to your table is to describe everything vividly. Yes. And if I were to run like uh, a Sunite, it would be a bard. I wouldn't do a cleric. I'd be like, this is a bard, but they're a priest of Sunni. Sure, yeah, yeah. in name, yeah. not in casting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's totally a cool way to do it. You don't, you don't have to be a cleric to be a chosen one of God no, or whatever. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, those those are some, some really great ideas. Like, purvey. you don't have to do the details a lot of the time, which nah. is another thing I was going to touch on is you don't have to dive deep into like a physical romantic scene, unless that's no. what you're doing yeah. at your table. Yes. And that's all fine. Yeah. But I, I feel like, especially the tables that I've sat at, that's not something that we're nah. trying to particularly do. No. I feel like it would be fun to do romance one day, yeah. but in this way where, and then you walk off and blah, blah, blah. And we're not going to talk about that part. It's the next day. Boom. Yeah. I mean, like you guys had a wonderful night together and like, that's your adventure, not the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Some advice to give to maybe people in real life to right, yeah. your adventure. Well, I think we can get ready uh, for our long rest. Yeah. And let's do that. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest where we are building our beholder. It's year of the beholder and we are building a beholder episode by episode, piece by piece, feature by feature, eye stock by eye stock, bim, 
by Bim. Let's do it. Well, what do we got? We got Sune, Suni on the yeah, list today. We do, we do. All about beauty. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need, I think you should go first. Okay. You're going to take the, the I-beam power yes, I'm doing this I-beam. time. I'll yes. take the feature. Okay. Sounds and good. My feature is conceptualized very lightly, and I want to I want to okay. talk it out. So let's okay. get let's get the the, the ability out of the way. All yeah. right. So the the beam we're going for is a beautification beam, which looks like a stream of magical hearts. Yes. That cascade upon the target and beautify them and put them in their most beautiful state that they could possibly exist in, but also give them advantage on all charisma checks and saves and all that other stuff. So it's more of a it's a beam for the beholders, uh, benefactors, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Now check this out. We're going to do something with beauty uh-huh. in the eye of okay. the beholder. Okay. All right. So. Oh, my God. Let's go with a really long eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I like that. Just the most luscious lashes. The, I don't know if you are aware of like what a trend, especially the day we're recording this episode in uh-huh. time right now, mm-hmm. what a huge trend it is to be, put big old fakey eyelashes on for uh, particularly for girls at my work. Um they just put in fake. They they yeah. they have an appointment. Go get the fake eyelashes. They're huge. Mm-hmm. They're like really really huge. Robust eyelashes. Oh, yeah, like very, comically big. Uh, we're getting there. Okay, because yeah. I mean I've, I've dated one, some girls that did fake lashes, but it looked great. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying it looks like it. Does, like this this beholder, we're going to have it cartoonish and exaggerated. Yeah, I'm so it, they like are the longest comic. lashes. I like, mean, it's automatically comic literally because foot it's a, long lashes. It has to be yeah, right. Minimum. Absolutely. So yeah, it's going to look. Like, when oh, this beholder blinks, there's like a slight puff of wind. A Volkswagen Beetle. Sometimes yes! they put those eyelashes. Yes, yes, yes on. just like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like those. All right, um, luscious lashes and a beautification ray. I love it. Yeah, and the beholder has to make a monthly appointment to get them redu- retouched. Okay, sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, we'll go ahead and add that to the list. Um, if you like this, this show, is an amalgamation. It's getting there for sure. It yeah. does something positive, which it is does, which was unexpected. Make you beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Whatever that means, uh, it, may, it will probably affect your soul. And it not your probably outside. makes you look like whatever your idyllic idea of beauty is. Okay, yeah, and definitely clean. It's going to clean you, unless like you really are into looking dirty. I don't. You know. You love looking like yeah. gr- like you, you like looking gracie. Yeah, yeah sure. that's fine. Yeah, whatever, about whatever, it. whatever floats your boat. We're about what love we here on the Dungeon Cast, especially on this episode. If you love us and what we do here, there are a few ways you can support us. And the first and foremost is to tell people about the show. Help spread the word. Get that dungeon love out there. Mm-hmm. The second thing you can do is go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Dungeon Cast, and support us uh, monetarily on kind of like a monthly thing. That's super duper helpful. We're able to like make moves and do stuff that we got to do. Uh, because of you guys on Patreon, and we like to make really cool bonus content to flood the Patreon with extra stuff for you guys to watch. If you like the Dungeon Cast or Super Quest Saga, or any like live play kind of thing we do, if you like our, where our imagination our imaginations are at, you can go delve into all the crazy things we do on Patreon, live games, um, the Dungeon Chats, some like a. I don't even know what to call the dungeon chats. It's not on a regular schedule, but it's more than a month, once a month now. It's like a banter slash behind the scenes podcast that we do like. Shoot the shit podcast. Almost once a month. Yeah, because um, we record once every three weeks. We try to get one in unless we're doing like an extra project. Which we've done quite a few. We've done a couple extra projects lately, but it's still going to be, you know, it's on there. That's a five bucks a month and you get some live game stuff yeah. too. It's just a, an extra podcast. The first season of FBATS I forgot was in that another tier. Another extra podcast. Yeah, another extra. There's a whole fucking, there's several shows. If you <laughs> like this show, you can go get several shows. We release on Patreon as much as we can. 
It's not like a regular thing. Yeah, we're it's, at our limit. Just know that we're constantly trying to put new stuff. Yeah, but there's exclusive merch on there. At the, as early as the $10 tier, you can get a cool sticker, which we should update the art for the Year of the Beholder stuff. I got to remember to do that. Yes. And then um, at $20 a month, you can get our our, our new mug. Uh the indeed stylized mug. indeed yeah indeed mug indeed mug With a nice tdci yeah that's right pretty cool stuff on there um and we're working on more things that we can do in the patreon but like we said we're kind of, we kind of like to push ourselves to the limit here scheduling wise we do what we can um check us out on social media um you know twitter instagram there's a link below for our discord and anything else that we missed that you want to touch on will do we have a new no. contest Oh, God, we, we do. I just don't know what it is yet. We're on, let's figure that out before we record the next episode. Okay. Um, we have a new contest. You'll probably see it on social you know media. No, let's figure it out right now. Cause We're going like, to figure out the contest yeah. right now. Uh, I'm going to tell you the rules for the contest right now, and then Will will tell you the prize when I'm done telling you the rules. Yeah. The rules for the contest are going to be um, tweet a link of a video or uh, episode oh, yeah. of our podcast or our Patreon or anything that's associated with us with hashtag DungeonCast. And you will be entered to win. Um, Candlekeep Mysteries. This is going to be an adventure right. anthology coming out, I believe, in March. Yes. Um, it's for levels 1 through 16. And I think it's, uh, let me, anthology of 17 mystery-themed adventures for the world's greatest role-playing game. And what I've been reading is that it's wheelchair accessible, which I think is really cool. Um, so, <laughs> sure. Uh, Ooh, that alt cover looks Fucking gorgeous! I know. Yeah, we, so you're you're gonna win the alt cover because it looks amazing. Yeah, that's what we like to do here. Is yeah. give you we like sick, awesome, sick ass, good ass art here mm. on the Dungeon Cast, and D and D definitely does it well. the The regular covers are cool, mm-hmm. but the alt covers are definitely stand out. Uh, it's yeah, pretty apparent. So this comes one. out on March 16th. So that's when we're gonna announce our winner. So between now and March 16th. Uh, do what Brian said about Instagram and no, uh, I, I said anything? Twitter. I didn't even oh, say you Instagram. Said Twitter? Oh, I'm not in charge of Instagram anymore. Which, no, you're not. Oh but like, God, you should still God. tell them how to do the contest. Are you know? we going to keep the same rules? It's up I, to you, man. It, well, it's not. <laughs> it's not up to me. Well, I relinquish I, that the power. Per, the person who is in charge isn't here for us to ask, so you got to make something up now. Okay, and then um, we'll coordinate with her. Later. We'll just do. This will be the. I don't know if this is still a good way to run our contest on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a specialist come in and work that out. But yeah. for this one, let's just do what we've been doing, which is um, go ahead and hit the like. Make sure you're following the Instagram account, The Dungeon Cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit the like on the post associated with the contest. Mm-hmm. And then tag somebody in a comment below and let them know um, you know, to check us out. It's pretty much a thing. There so the way it should work is we should... You should be allowed to comment uh, as many times in separate comments as you want, tagging a different person, and that will count as an entry. Indeed. Um, the whole idea about our contest is to help with some exposure and to give back. So, um, yeah, if you got, it's it's basically tell people about the Dungeon Cast, and you know, there's something in it for you, something physical, not just having your friends be in on this dope podcast that we all love. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all we got. That was all a really right. fun episode. Will, thanks for all the love, Doctor, in <laughs> no that you problem. did. No um, problem. And I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.